podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker. Joined by two friends I haven't seen in a while. Uh, Nee, how you doing, mate? I'm not bad, man. I mean, I'm Steph Curry just shot, what, I'm 49 last night, so it's good, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. I, I'll be seeing your boy getting busy. Calm uh, yourself down, man. Calm yourself. Calm yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right, before, uh, before I can even introduce him, Greg, how's it going, bro? I'm good, man. I've, I've had a little bit of, a, of an absence. Uh, I talked to you guys offline about, about that. But I'm back. I'm back like Jordan. We're in yeah, a four good, or five. Good to have you. Good to have you back, bro. Good to have you back. Thank um, you. We're coming towards the well. I say the business end. Um, if we consider the business end, the playoffs, then yeah, the the regular season is in its last week now. Um, before we kind of go into our topics, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. Um, I'll start off talking about um, our NBA coaches of the month. Uh, Mike Malone for the Western Conference with a thirteen and three record after Jamal Murray went down, and Scott Brooks with a twelve and five record off the back of the efforts of a certain Russell Westbrook. Um, I'll start with you, Greg. Um, those two coaches, those two teams, what we've seen um, from them in the last uh, month or, or so, um, bodes well for the playoffs? Yeah, I think the Nuggets, uh, you know, Jamal Murray going down and, and Jokic and the Nuggets continuing to, to have a positive record is uh, solidifying his case for MVP. Um, Mike Malone has clearly made great adjustments, which is, you know, what coaches are there to do. Uh, to help the Nuggets stay on track. So, you know, a well-deserved coach of the month award for him. Yeah. Uh, how about your, what are your thoughts, Nee? I'll be coming on to you <clears> in the <throat> next part, but yeah, I know uh, you guys haven't done so well, so unfortunately Steve Kerr couldn't win it. But um, <laughs> 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 look at Mike Malone and Scott Brooks and, and their, their squads. Um, are you expecting any upsets in the playoffs? Um, in the playoffs for... To be honest, I'm with the Nuggets. It depends who them that I matched up with. So I was quite happy they on what they were on full seed right now, yeah. And the fifth is the Maz, I think. So I yes. think that's a decent matchup for them, to be honest. Um, because I think at one point it was looking like they could potentially get the Lakers, who might have finished sixth, um, and, and they would have finished third. So I was actually kind of wanting them to lose so they didn't play the Lakers. Because I think that, that would have been the first one to exit. So um yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with what they're doing. Um, with where they are, they're probably the next second round potentially, hopefully. Um, and I think Matt Malone did a good job of getting that like, MPJ. He's like, really coming to his own now. He was trying to support He's really, really issue. strong. He is really, yeah, really strong. And I think he's kind about, of it's about two years, two years uh, to, after when we, when we wanted it to happen. But <laughs> two, years, two years in the making. Um, I think. I think with him, even as he kind of progresses the season well, because he started slow this season as well, to be honest. Mm. And it's in the last two months or so he's really come into his own. But as he was coming into his own, um, you could tell he kind of maybe even wanted a bit more in the offence. But obviously mm. with Jamal Murray um, having a lot of the, the the wing and the guard play, he, he kind of was happy to have that sort of spot-up shooter role. Such a sweet jump shot. Yes, happy to have that spot up jump uh, spot up shooter role. But as Jamal Murray's gone down, yeah, his his numbers have gone up uh, across the board. I think he's averaging like close to thirty a game and really yeah. really efficient numbers. So we'll and see. He's that, defense as well. Defense, that's defense. the main it's, thing. It's, he, it's he, last year he was last year he was so bad on the defensive end that they couldn't really use him. They couldn't no. really use him because mm. every time he'd come up. On, he'd maybe give you 10 or 15, but his man was scoring 20 
or he was responsible for your team giving up 20 points. So that now that he's been able to become more solid on that end, uses his length really well to disturb in the lanes and alter shots and just basically be a hindrance. You're huge. You're six foot nine, ten. You've got long yeah. wind, wingspan. Be a hindrance. So as he continues to v develop on that end um, and we continue to see him potentially uh, expand his offensive package, they've got a real, real good prospect there. And once Jamal Murray comes back, as long as they keep Aaron Gordon, they look set up to be, yeah, a successful team for, for many years to come. Um, he, he had a little bit of a different uh, landing position than some of the other rookies that we look at. So, like, mm. these, these higher rookies, they kind of get given the keys to the offense a little bit earlier, whereas he's joined yeah. as a team with Murray is there, Gary Harris was there, um, uh, Jokic Jokic. is obviously there. So he's kind of had to, you know what I'm saying, take a step back. And now that he's been kind of forced to take the keys to the offense a little bit more because of Murray's injury, you're seeing he's kind of settling into his own. Uh, yeah. So everyone, everyone ends up in different positions. It's easier for a guy like, for example, Anthony Edwards with, with Carl Anthony Towns yeah. out to just go out there and drop 20, 23, 25. But when you've got, mm. you know, an MVP type player with Jokic next to you, you've got to kind of, you know what I'm saying, lean back and let him do what he needs to do. And then you can edge forward when you need to. And yeah, and you, you have to pick your spots, don't you, in comparison to when it's your offense and you're able to just get shot ups. And aside from getting shot ups, you're able to try things. Yeah, see what works, see what doesn't work, see where you need to improve. So, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a fan of Denver. And before Jamal went down, I actually had them prob the favourites to win it all, or at least get out of the West. Um, we'll see what Jokic can do um, with, with the rest of his supporting cast. Um, the second thing I wanted to talk about was Russell Westbrook last night tying Oscar Robertson for uh, all-time triple-doubles with 181. Much has been made about Russ and his triple-doubles across the years and stats stuff in this and stats stuff in that. Um, a, 75% uh, of the time when he gets a triple-double, his team wins. And B, if it was stats stuff and if it was as easy as people assume it is or claim it is, more people would do it. But um, I just wanted to take a second knee to talk about, um, again, somebody who's really turned the corner since he's... Um, had his uh, thigh injury uh, heal up, and his and his team has benefited from it very much. So they they had a great win last night. Um, yeah, Russell Westbrook, take take a second to tell us your thoughts on the man. I mean, it's been good for him in it um, because I used to clown him. I mean, like when we all did, especially when he was at OKC, and we had those like those that like, seven that like, seven game series with the Thunder um, as the Warriors. Um, but to be honest, with like this year especially, um, I found myself going more the other way because I thought the slander on him was getting a bit too outrageous. Um, and then like the press and the media, that's when Stephen A. Smith came out and kind of like bashed his whole career and said he doesn't really contribute to winning or do anything um, that will take you to like, a good place, essentially. Um, and I thought that was going too far. Um, and I'm like happy for him that now he's healthy and you can clearly see he's got all his like, physicality back and he's got a good running mate in Bill. He's starting to put some wins together along with the performances. So um, that narrative has kind of switched within one season where people thought he was washed. Um, and that now is the case where maybe next year he's playing himself into contention to maybe get um, maybe like a trade a trade to a contender potentially. Like you never know. If he doesn't really work out at Washington and like they want to like rebuild or he wants to go into a contender, he's kind of playing himself into that sort of role where like you see like CP3 did at like the Thunder, where people thought this at the beginning of the end for him. And now he's in the Suns, who's like, what, the first, second seed. Maybe, hopefully, something could happen for Westbrook next year because um, I still think he can contribute to 
their team is going to win the championship. Yeah, I think with that roster, obviously he's got Bradley Bill as his co-star, but you look around and the rest of the roster isn't isn't so bright. Oh, uh, stinks. The rest of the roster oh. stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be polite, you know, uh, Greg, but um, yeah, take it away, sir. Since, since you've already you know, started. you know what, you know what, like he he Russ had the quarter injury last season in the in the playoffs in the bubble against the Lakers. Um, obviously, he didn't look like his regular self. And then to start this season, he didn't look like his regular self either. I think a good 20, 25, 30 games into the season, the guy had one dunk all year round. And that, you know, that that isn't the rust that we know. And then it came out a few weeks ago that he actually tore his other quad and was playing on a torn quad in his other leg. So that kind of explains everything. He kept that injury under the radar. Um, but he seems to be back to his normal self now. And for him to be tying that triple-double record, you know... <laughs> Well, even if even if he he was stat padding his way there, um, which I think to be fair, you know, in his Sunday days particularly, I think he was his teammates were playing into it. You know, Stephen Adams leaving rebounds to him and so forth. Yeah. Not to say that it he, it was a hundred percent stat padding, but I think he got a little bit more of a push and assistance than maybe some other guys. But even so, you know, th- this was looked at as one of those records that would never even be get someone would never even get close, let alone tie it. And yeah. This time next week, he probably has, has probably broken it. Uh, so, yeah, truly uh, an incredible record. Uh, there's a video that the NBA put out where they've got all these players talking about Oscar Robertson and the triple-double record, and it's old footage, and they're all talking about how the record would never be broken. And then here we are, you know, uh, 10 years later, and, he, and he's about to break it. So, you know, hats off to Westbrook uh, for that. Facts. Testament to a truly one-of-a-kind player. And we'll whiz back over to talk about um, awards season, uh, our players of the month in Steph Curry and Julius Randle. I'll start with you, uh, yeah, Nia, I see you already salivating, chomping at the bit, <laughs> talk about Steph Curry. But I'll start with you, Greg, talk about Julius Randle, who averaged 27 points, nine rebounds and six assists for the month of April. An 11-4 record for his Knicks, looking really good for uh, a playoff spot and maybe a top four position. Um, what are your thoughts on the season Julius Randle has had? Uh, I was so excited for the Knicks. Knicks fans have suffered way too way too much and for way too long. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, Randle, for me, uh, he personally is my most improved player of the year. Um, you know, he's been, he's been playing great all season long. He was an all-star this year. Um, the, the Knicks defensively have looked good. Uh, offensively, they're getting better. Uh, I know they can be sometimes a little bit inconsistent on the offensive end. But I'm excited for what they do come playoff time. Uh, you know, they will probably be against the Hawks or the Heat in the first round. I would love to see them get to the second round. I think they'll do better against the Hawks than they would against the Heat. Yeah. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, interesting not only this postseason, but to see what they can do going forward. And if they can potentially sign, you know, a, a second star and to see the development of guys like Barrett. It's, uh, it, it's positive from here. Yeah, agreed. Derek Rose has been quite a coup for them. And when you see Derek, sorry, to go talk about Derek while we're talking about Julius, but can't help it. When you see him still being able to drop 20, 25 on teams off the bench, mm. still showing that burst and ability to get to the rim post the, the, the plethora of injuries he's had over the years. Uh, and then you've also got RJ Barrett, who's had a really solid second year. Um, I just feel like they need just one more guy, someone who can help them spread the floor a bit, a reliable three-point shooter. And yeah, Julius Randle is a guy to put the city of New York on his back and bring them all the way back to relevancy. And on the other side, we've got uh, Steph Curry. Not quite an 11-4 record for your uh, Warriors. 8-8 for the month of 
April. Uh, but it's Steph has averaged 37 points, six rebounds, um, and just seems to be going crazy every night. I think he got 49 again uh, yesterday against OKC. Um, what's it been like watching Steph this last month? And what do you think has, has driven him? Because... Yeah, it's been an odd season for you guys, hasn't it? Wiseman hasn't quite settled in no. so well. Um, yeah, what, what, what have you noticed in this game the last month or so? Um, it's his physicality. He's just gotten stronger. So from the MVP season, well, his finishing at the rim was um, incredible. And obviously, this is a season on par with that. Um, you can just see that he came into the season a bit stronger. So he was able to take the physicality a bit more. Um, like, like, you know, the defence is going to pressure him up. They've got the double teams, triple teams. Um, but he's able to cope with that. In previous seasons, um, this kind of workload might have finished him. So, like, you know, he got the tailbone contusion. He might have picked up another thing after that. And, like, he might have missed, like, 15, 20 games. But he's been quite durable this year. Um, shooting on high volume. And, like, him really being, like, the main point of focus literally every single night. So, I think that's the main difference, um, to be honest. Um, and, like, he's shooting lights out in, like, his I mean, unanimous MVP season. Um, he, I think, what was 96 threes in the month of April, which was just crazy. Um, and he's only what like 80 behind the all time record now, Ray Allen, which he might even get this what, year. This week, yeah, yeah, this week, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was on absolutely crazy, and yeah, and like, like the volume he's doing on like efficiency 46.6% on 96 threes made. This is kind of crazy to be honest. It's just like a joy watching Steph, to be honest. Um, like, like the Warriors stink, to be honest. And like they're not a great team to watch, but to watch Curry, he kind of brings everything together, isn't it? Yeah, I think we've always had this kind of conversation around Steph being a traditional superstar. And traditional superstar in the sense that literally just give me the damn ball. I'm going to make plays. I'm going to grind us out to wins. That's never really been his style. He's been probably the most unselfish superstar we've seen. Yeah. Um, always happy to move off the board to create space and, as you say, gravity for uh, his teammates on offense. But, yeah, in the last month or so, he, he's realised that, well, yeah, that works when your teammates are, you know, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant and even Harrison Barnes. And, you know, you could you can win scoring an efficient 28. But when your teammates are a shaky Kelly Oubre, a much-improved Andrew Wiggins, uh, Draymond Green, who has no interest in scoring... Uh, <laughs> Wiseman, um, your team actually needs you to be selfish to drag the team to wins. Um, and he's done that. His price for that looks like it will be a, a first round, a well, first playing game matchup with the LA Lakers, which is going to be, yeah, that's going to be must watch TV. But um, just to, fulfilled, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just to finish up on Steph. And I guess the, the last month he's had, I don't know if you had any thoughts to share, Greg. No, no, he's, he's been playing incredible this month. You know, I think the the main thing is is what team do they face in the first round or first playing game? Uh, like I said, you know, destiny fulfilled if they if they face the Lakers, and it'd be interesting to see because that he the Warriors are what the seventh seed, no eighth seed, sorry, and the Lakers yeah. are the seventh seed, which yeah. means if they lose that game. They 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 still have a chance to make the playoffs. You get correct? two chances. Yeah. Seventh yeah. and eight get two get chances. Two chances. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that that playing game. If Steph goes breezy in that game, mm-hmm. uh, and especially if LeBron or AD or both of them or whatever aren't back or aren't a hundred percent, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, um, I just want to mention as well. Here we go. Tweet me at the beginning of the season about Curry Watch. Yeah, 
back hashtag Curry watch. Can he carry his team to the playoffs? Can he make them an eight seed? And can he shoot like Harden, efficiency, score, and whatever? It is what it is, isn't it? So I'm here we are now. The Grizzlies are half a game back on you, bro. Yeah, yeah calm, calm down. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still it. time. There's <laughs> still time. <laughs> let's just, yeah, let, let's just give it the end of next uh, next week and we'll, we'll just confirm that. Yeah, we'll dot the I's and we'll cross the T's in regards to that league. But yeah, let's, let's get into it. Um, the first thing I wanted to discuss with you guys uh, off the back of two games against each other in the last week was um, the Bucks. Bit of Nets talk as well. Uh, the box actually took both games, but what really stood out to me um, was Yanis. Um, he's quietly, I feel, had another amazing season. Uh, box haven't quite been at the top of the standings like they had been the previous two years, but um, in those performances and in the box play as well, you've seen tweaks. Tweaks and adjustments, and I'll start with you, Greg. And what were your takeaways, mainly from the first game? I I think the second game kind of went a bit more under the radar. But yeah, what were your takeaways from the uh, Bucks versus Net? Well, first of all, that first Bucks versus Nets game was one of the better games we've had this season. Um, It actually reminded me of the first Bucks Nets game we had in uh, in Brooklyn, which was also a really really good game towards the start of the season. But that third quarter in particular, to see KD and Yanis just basically going head to head. Although they weren't defending each other, but just basically going head to head in terms of trading buckets in that third third quarter. I think Yanis scored the first sixteen or something. KD had maybe thirteen in the quarter. Um, it's just a very good game to see two superstar players kind of trying to drag their team to a win, and then the other players around them supporting Drew Holiday, Kyrie, uh, Middleton, and so on and so forth. Uh, defensively for the for the Nets, you know, we talk about Yanis in the postseason and the wall like it's built around him. And it's interesting that not every team can build a wall. You know, you can't build a wall with with uh, Kyrie and, and Joe Harris and stuff like that. Like, there's only certain teams that have the personnel to do that. So, Yanis, credit to him and, and Mike Budenhauser, they made adjustments. They posted him up a lot more in this game uh, compared to, I would say, like how Yanis usually plays. He basically was playing at centre with DeAndre Jordan uh, guarding him in the post. Uh, and, yeah, dropped 49 on, on, the, uh, on the nets and was able to win his team to a victory. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, Nee, what were your what were your takeaways? For, for me, it was interesting watching how the Nets' offense flows without Harden, and and what what could have been what could have been life for the Nets if if they didn't they didn't grab Harden. But for for that last um, four or five minutes of the fourth quarter, it was interesting watching Kyrie just be a passenger. Uh, and it was very much, I don't know if it was KD wanting to kind of go head-to-head with Giannis or just the fact that KD isn't necessarily a facilitator like that. Ne- neither is Kyrie. So KD can get his and he can at times set up teammates. But the fourth quarter, kind of part, the end of the fourth quarter, should I say, kind of pass Kyrie by. And, and when you look at the offensive season he's had, um, they will always be at their best when the defence is having to read and react to two of the best five to ten scorers in the league. But what was your takeaway from that matchup, me? And to be honest, um, that, that Kyrie thing in that game, I think they discussed it earlier on in the season or they've been talking about throughout the season that like whoever's got the hot hand, they'll kind of just like, I'm going to him sort of thing. So I don't think it's too much of an issue there. Even though there was one shot that Kyrie took a three point on towards the end um, that was quite like, heavily contested, it was the kind of shot you take when you haven't been getting a lot of touches of the ball. And you're like, yeah, this might have to shoot the ball sort of thing. Um, but I think with Harden there, 
like to facilitate and just let him be like another offensive weapon. I think that sort of thing will flesh itself out. You just give it to the hot hand and I'm there make shots. Um, and to be honest, I'm on that box game. It was a good win for them. Like, pretty, probably their best statement win this year, apart from the Philly game, maybe. Um, but if I was a Nets fan, I wouldn't be too concerned because um, I thought the matchup was actually pretty good for them. Um, like, um, towards the end of the fourth and in the fourth, it became a shootout between KD and Yanis sort of thing. Um, and like the way they defended Yanis, I mean, the fourth especially, when they're kind of like, like goading him into like, taking the jump shots, I think he might have missed that four or five in a row. And to be honest, it's that sort of stretch, um, especially if you have someone like Harden back, where they can like totally blitz you at the game and just come up the other side and get like four or three pointers or something like that. And then a five-point game becomes like a 15-point game, like just like that. So I'm not really too concerned for the Nets. Um, I think if it does become a shootout between the Bucks and the Nets, the Nets will um, obliterate them. Um, so I think Budenholz has got to find a way to get Giannis um, either some better shots in the fourth when they stand off him like that, or they need to work some pick and rolls with like Middleton and get him the jump shots or the mid-rangers instead because um, I don't think that's going to be unsustainable. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be inter- it'll be interesting to watch. Obviously, Drew is such a such an improvement on Eric Bledsoe and he impacts the game so much on both ends. But you, you can't help but notice his defensive impact, and it'll be interesting watching him go. Um, probably head to head. I think you probably might want to put him on um, uh, James Harden, but then you you got Kyrie Irving running rampant, so you got to pick your poison in that regard. I'll continue to say what I've always said. I think Chris Middleton's play will have such a huge impact on on how on how far they go. I think with our superstars, for the most part, they're a known quantity um, in the in the playoffs, and they're superstars for that very reason. It's always the next guy. Uh, can the next guy chip in and, when necessary, go up another level? And for me, Middleton still, he was really good in game one. He, he missed the second game with an injury. Um, at times, he can just be a bit too passive. And it's like, yeah, again, you're getting 50, 40, 90, and that's absolutely great. Read really great on a stat sheet. But how hard were you trying? What sort of buckets were you making for your team? What were mm. the timings of the bucket? So um, it'll be interesting because I think this is um, Budenhoser's last last go-round with this team. and um, this is his last what, chance. Yeah. yeah. What do we have to consider a good postseason for the Bucs? What what's well, the you, minimum he has to achieve to keep his job? Well, you see, they said, was it off? Yeah, they said after the second game, they were like, well, you know, Budenhauser needs to make a deep playoff run, otherwise his job's in jeopardy, which <laughs> seems a bit harsh to say when you've beaten the, the, the super team Nets twice in a week. But I think they're expecting conference finals at, at, at a minimum. You know, the last two years, they haven't reached the conference finals. Uh, you could argue the East has got tougher this year. The Sixers look legit. The number one in the, uh, in the in the East. The Nets obviously have a lot of superpower on their team, but I think you know this is this is the NBA. There's there's, there's no mercy sometimes. You know, guys are winning Coach of the Year and getting fired <laughs> the, the next week. So I think yeah, the Bucks are looking for Boonhouse to take the uh, take them to the conference finals. Um, I do actually think the Bucks are probably the best team. In terms of from a personnel to defend the Nets, uh, I don't think they do beat the Nets in a seven-game series just because a lot of the time the playoffs just come down to who has the better better players. Uh, but I think when you have a a team with with uh, Middleton, uh, with Yanis, and then with Holiday, those are three guys that can defend uh, probably better than any other collection of three guys on it on a team. Uh, Kyrie, Harden, and, and, and KD. Yeah, can't can't wait to see that potential matchup. Um, and talking about 
Janice. Um, as the end of the season comes along, or the end of the regular season, should I say, comes along, we can't help but start discussing all the different awards and what should go to where and who should win and who's missed out and why it's a travesty and whatnot. Um, so uh, the conversation at the moment is an interesting one for me. Uh, talking about the MVP, there's a huge clamour for the Christopher Paul of the uh, Phoenix Suns to, to win the MVP. And listen, I, I'm a big Chris Paul fan, ha have been from the minute he got into the league. Um, mm. But I'm absolutely stunned, in all honesty. Uh, firstly, because uh, I don't think he's been the best player on his team this season. Exactly. And secondly, um, the person who I think should be the MVP, I think with everything that's gone on this season, probably has an argument to even be a unanimous MVP. But um, I'll start with you, Nii. Uh, get your thoughts on the MVP conversation around Chris Paul and, and, and just in general and maybe any other names that you think aren't getting enough due. And, and then we'll come across to you, Greg. Um, I think the C3 feeling thing was people just being bored maybe in the media and just wanting to create some sort of um, hysteria, get the conversation going that you see this week. Um, Nick Rao was talking about Jokic being the worst potential MVP you know, the last, you know, the last 35 years or whatever. I mean, it's not serious talk, is it? Now, CP3 hasn't been the best player in this team. It doesn't make sense for him to be um, getting the MVP nod ahead of Booker, even though I don't think either of them should win it. Um, and it's quite clearly going to be Jokic. Jokic has been the one constant this whole season. I mean, this season has been full of injuries. Um, he's literally been the one constant that's always been talked about in the MVP race. Um, I think he had, what, it was LeBron and Embiid and him. I'm at the beginning. Then after, I'm LeBron went down and Embiid went down for a bit. Um, people were talking about Curry, talking about Dane, talking about Giannis. Um, but Jokic was always that one constant. So for me, it's, it's pretty obvious who's the MVP now, to be honest. Yeah, I think, I don't know, this season's been a weird one. For some reason, people have just forgotten what, what MVP is. Like, MVP has always been pretty much the same thing, which is, a player playing at an elite level, like one of the best players in the NBA, and them being on a on a winning team, typically a top three team. Yeah. So for people to just randomly start throwing Chris Paul's name in there, and I've seen, I've even seen people talking about Gobert and Mitchell and stuff like yeah. they don't meet both of, the, of those criteria. Yes, the Suns are a top one or top two team in the West, but Chris Paul, as good as he has been this season, isn't playing at you know an elite level. Uh, to me, the MVP comes down to three guys, essentially, Jokic, Embiid and Yanis. Those are the top three guys uh, in, the, in the MVP race. And then you have other guys that are going to finish, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth on the ballot. But they're not they're not remotely in the same race. It's like having a it's like having a drag race with like a Lamborghini, Ferrari and Bugatti. And then you have like a BMW and an Audi, and then you have like a Ford Focus. Like, yeah, they're all in the same race, but <laughs> we know which group of cars is going to cross the line first. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why Chris Paul is being mentioned in, in the MVP conversation. Um, and like you mentioned... You know the you, you, I, I do. I, I think it's... And I hate when they do this. It's almost a, a, a career achievement award. It's almost like Chris Paul has been such a great player for such a long time, and it's a travesty that he hasn't won an MVP. I don't know if I'd necessarily agree with that um my thing is you guys had the opportunity to give him one 2008 in 2008 when you should have won it <laughs> <laughs> so don't no, no, turn around now and start crying that you don't have mvp award you should have given it to him in 08 exactly and obviously at that time it was to, uh, kobe's turn to get his career mvp where, where it was like 
Kobe's been a, a face of this league for so long and how have we gone almost, what, 10, 12 years of his career and he hasn't won an MVP. Oh, we can't let this happen. So we've got to make sure Kobe gets an MVP. So Chris Paul uh, missed his time. As a Chris Paul fan, it's sad for me a bit because I think if he wins that MVP, the narrative on him is slightly different um, because it's just a kind of stamp of how good he was and, and, and having that uh, over the 2008 season with, with that team, that Charlotte team, would have been great for his legacy. But I think aside from that, um, he gets all the dues he deserves. I mean, very rarely do you hear him outside top five point guard conversations despite his postseason failures. Um, so let's let's do the right thing. And if I see him actually getting any first place votes, I'll be a bit sick if I'm being honest with you, though. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I said, the, the media is just is just kind of going crazy these last two weeks, three weeks, trying to create stories and, and headlines and ratings. But um, yeah, to me, the, the MVP comes down to Jokic and uh, and Embiid. Yanis is slightly behind those two, I think, and then the rest of the guys can can fall it as they may. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, great. Now we've got that out of the way. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, all NBA. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, at the end of the season, the media, the pundits, uh, they vote all, all NBA teams, essentially the best players. There's a first team, second team, third team. Um, typically, uh, well, historically, it was always one centre, two forwards, two guards. Uh, in the last few years, they've changed that to be three forward players of how fluid positions have come. Um, myself and Greg were having a conversation before the pod started about a bit of the skullduggery going on in terms of uh, how how players have been listed, um, how, how players have been listed to uh, ensure that they get a, a spot on the All-NBA uh, list this season because, um, as I'm sure you guys would have both both seen, um, actually picking All-NBA teams for this season is a very, very difficult task. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start with you, Nia, because I obviously haven't spoken to you yet about it because you were late. Um, what, are your, <laughs> what are your thoughts on um, how difficult it was for you to pick a team um, the difference is historically now in terms of voting and the skullduggery going on in terms of listing guards as forwards, forwards as guards, uh, centres as forwards, etc., etc. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was really difficult this year. I mean, maybe this year more so than like previous years, it was difficult to try and put together a list. I mean, I, I kind of feel like the first team almost speaks for itself, while well, at least four Chris has it anyway, and then the second and third team it becomes contentious because quite a few players have missed quite a few games and normally that kind of tips it in the favour of most people but it's been kind of even in that field. Um, and in terms of the positions, so look, yeah, I, I was thinking it'd be a travesty for Embiid to be in the second team because it would like be unjust to his season. He, he's been on par with Jokic at least or at least been at that sort of level. And for him to be in the second team um, it just wouldn't go down well in the history books, to be honest. Like, and people will look back and think, oh, yeah, the great season was like, using the second team. Really, I personally think um, they should change it to like the all star format, where should, like, they should have it in guards and forwards. And if we did it in that sense, MB could be listed as the forward, I guess, or at like, the front court and back court. Um, and you could have both Jokic and MB there, because I think they both deserve to be in the first team. And it would be unfair for MB to be in the second team with some other people. That are going to be there so i think they should maybe try and focus on adjusting it because you've got people like um luca who's a forward and lebron who plays point guard now um who could be listed as a guard even though they're not so it's kind of fluid in that sense so i don't see why 
and we should make it a bit more fluid. Because I was looking through on the history of the MV or the all MV the all NBA teams, and there's never been a case where there's been two centers in the first team. Um, so in today's NBA, where it's almost like a positionless, I don't see why we shouldn't try and change it. the rule on it, to be honest. Cool. And how about yourself, Greg? They're they're forcing it. They're <laughs> forcing it. You know what? This this comes down to this this participation medal trophy era that we're in. Like, I'm sorry, there's one centre spot and one of you men have got, and both of you men have got to fight for it, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, they, I, I saw a tweet from from, uh, from Howard Beck where he says, for those who love to obsess over all NBA voting, Embiid and Jokic are el- eligible at both centre slash forward per official ballot. And then he goes on to list the, the players that are available for guard and forward and just forward or just centre. Um, yeah, so it's all over the place. And with the NBA, obviously, over the last couple of years, removing the centre spot from the all-star ballot and then the all-NBA ballot, and now you're listing guys like Embiid and Jokic, who basically play centre full-time, you know, as forwards. It's, it's just all over the place. Uh, for me, very quickly, my first team, just, just on, on paper, is Curry, Dame, Yanis, Jokic and Embiid. So I've got both of them. Jokic and Embiid on first team. Um, we'll get into yeah. it. We'll get into it. Don't 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 rush it. Don't rush. Don't it. rush. Don't rush. Yeah. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you know if if that's going to be the rules where they can both um, qualify as forwards, then I see no reason not to put both of them on forwards as forwards. I think the the, the thing that makes this season's All NBA uh, ballots kind of difficult is just the the, the number of games missed. Uh, what do you prioritize? Do you prioritize mm. someone's level of talent? So, for example, let's use someone like Harden, who uh, was in that second tier of MVP conversation for a little bit, but mm-hmm. has missed, what, 15, 16 games now. So his level of play is all NBA worthy. But when you've missed 20 odd games, you know, mm-hmm. how can you put someone yeah. there? Uh, so, yeah, I think taking into consideration level of play, number of games played and then team record, it's going to be an interesting, interesting year. Delicate balance. Okay, so so with that, you, you gave us a little teaser there. Um, let, let's let's go through it. Let's start with our uh, All NBA team, the first team. Um, who do you have starting in the guard positions, Nee? Um, I have Damon Curry. Damon Steph. Okay. How about you, Greg? Yeah, Damon Steph as well. Damon Steph. Okay. Uh, who do you have starting in the forward positions, Greg? Uh, I've got Yanis, Jokic, and Embiid. And you, Nee? I've got Yanis, Jokic, and Luka. Hmm. Interesting. And who, sorry, Luca. Um. What, what, okay. What's your case for What's your case for Luca? Nee. So look, yeah. Um. I think he, he had an excellent season, and I wanted him in the first team. And because he can't have two centers, um, I decided to go with this and that. Be a bit fluid, even though he plays as a guard. Really, um, he is a forward. He's, he's that forward size. So I thought I'd try and like, shoot on him in the first team. To be honest. Mm, mm. Um, you didn't, you didn't... If not, you had like someone like a wire coming I mean, the first team. I was about to say, you, you yeah. didn't even look across at some a couple of the Clipper lads. Uh... Well, this is the thing now because you got so many, you got guys that, in my opinion, aren't true point guards playing point guard, but really they're forwards. So, someone like Simmons, Simmons isn't a point guard. Okay, I'm, I'm no. sorry, Sixer fans. He's not a point guard. He's 6'10", 6'11", and he can pass better than your average <laughs> 6'10", 6'11 guy. But he's not a point guard. So then where do you put him on the on the ballot? Because game 0 to 82, he plays point guard, but we all know he's a forward. So, yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, 
No, it's, it's, it's part of the interesting and fluid NBA, and it's, well, as we were discussing, when you're trying to compare errors and compare all NBA lists and whatnot of players from now, from the game 20, 30 years ago, it's difficult because there's a level of nuance and context which which yeah. is missed, isn't it? Um, for me... Like, like we said, like we said, if this was the 90s, it's like Jokic and Embiid have got to fight for the centre no, spot. Yeah. What, you what can go back and... You can go back and see, like, Hakeem, Admiral, Shaq were putting up great, great seasons. And you look and you're like, huh, why are they on the All-NBA 30? And it's like, well, because there was one spot and you yeah, managed and to fight got, for it. Yeah, and you got five, you got five all-timers. Uh, in, in that regard, I, I'll, I'll be the tiebreaker. Um, I, I'd much rather see Embiid uh, in the first team, um, top, a top seed in his conference, uh, than giving it to, to Luca, who uh, mm. a mercurial talent has had to carry that uh, Dallas franchise on his back this season with the disappearance of Porzingis and the lack of any other real depth. But yeah, since they've made it this way for us for a reason, I'm going to take advantage of it. So um, our All-NBA first team is Damon Steph, uh, Giannis, Jokic and Embiid. Um, I'll come to you again, Lee. Who are your guards for your All-NBA second team and why? I think the first team guards kind of Hard to argue with, but now, now I want to know a bit more about the thought process that's gone into it. So, yeah, who are your starting guards for your second team? So, second team, I've gone with um, LeBron to be in the guard position because he played point guard all year. Okay. Uh, and he... <laughs> 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 like, you can't really know that LeBron had an excellent season. He was an MVP talks before he got injured. Mm-hmm. He played 43 games this year so far. Um, he might play two or three more. So, I think he just about makes the threshold to play like enough games for the season. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really have to talk about too much um, about the impact that LeBron makes, to be honest. Um, and then the second guard I've gone for is Kyrie. Um, and I know people that might be a bit contentious, people probably think he's missed a lot of games, but he's actually played 51 games. Um, and I know like um, the causes behind him missing the games, like he doesn't feel like going to the game or he wants to celebrate his birthday, has rubbed people the wrong way. But um, if you look at his, his stats, he's been, what, 27-6-5 this year. On 50, 39.492, so almost like a 54 United club. He's had a pretty impressive year. And maybe him more than any other guard, apart from Curry, he has those that standout game. So that like when Curry's on it and he wants to win the game and that like he wants to, I don't know, like, like I'm put on a show, and he probably puts on the show best outside of Curry and that like he really has like those statement games. So I would put Curry for second team. Okay. Uh, who are your second team guards, Greg? Uh, for me, I have Luca and Paul George. Again, okay. this is a little bit of a of an asterisk one because PG played small forward for like how many years, and then now he's gone to the Clippers and he's playing the two guard. But mm. yeah, he plays the, he plays a two guard night in and night out, and he's he's what six 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 seven, so he he's a passable two guard. So yeah, Luca and Paul George for me. Interesting. Um, I think Luca, based on the, the the balance of what we've done so far, Luca doesn't make the the first team. So. Considering you had him in your first team knee, I think it makes sense for us to put him as a starter for the second team. Uh, and then who, who do we go with between LeBron, Paul George, and um, who's the third person that you, you well, said? Kyrie. Kyrie Irving. Personally, I'm not having Kyrie. Um, he's had a good season, um, a great season even. But yeah, I'm not having him. Um, <laughs> you guys can decide who do you want to put beside Luca in that second guard spot. Between LeBron, Kyrie, and um, Paul, Paul George, George. Le- LeBron, LeBron's missed too many games for me. Kyrie has been 
yeah, he's missed a bunch of games for me. I think PG has been more consistent than those guys. And his level of play is good enough to warrant a second team. How do you feel about I that? Mean, I'm not disgruntled with it. Um, I'd probably lean more towards LeBron. I don't know how many games Paul George has missed or how many he's played this year. 51 um, he's played. 51, so that's eight more than LeBron. Um, it ordered LeBron higher, higher seed. Um, he's had a stellar season on both ends, as, as, as usual. Uh, efficient, especially efficient this year as well. Can put whatever tax you want on it, but yeah. Um, yeah, let's go with Paul George. Um, who do you have as your starting forwards or front court players, uh, Greg? So for me, I have for the three forwards Kawhi, Tatum, and Randall. How about you, Nee? Um, I had Kawhi and Randall and Embiid. Okay, okay, so Kawhi and Tatum for sure. Um, as two of you guys as forwards, and then um, you had uh, who was the third person? You had Embiid, who's in the first team, yeah. and who was your person, I Greg? I had Randall on my second team. Okay, so so it's Kawhi Tatum and, and Randall from the sounds of things. Okay, that's yeah. that's fine. yeah. All right, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'll sleep well, spot, you're spot on. You're copying my teams. <laughs> yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll sleep easy with that one. Cool. And finally, uh, our third team. Um, who do you have starting in the guard spot? Um, Greg. Okay, so this is where I started to uh to, to shake and shiver a little bit. <laughs> yeah, somebody's gonna be mad with me. So I have asterisks next to my two guards. I've put Paul and Kyrie, but I'm I'm willing to hear other arguments. Now I, I needed to hear Chris Paul in there, so you won't you won't um hear any complaints from me. How about you, Nee? Um, I put Mitchell and Booker. So <sighs> see, I can't. I ain't mad at you, though. I can't yeah, lie. I'm not I'm mad, mad at that either. If I it, is, said... it is a bit crazy that the Jazz have the best record, I think. Let me just double check. Yeah, the Jazz have the best record in the NBA and we're potentially, potentially talking about having no representatives from That's, the Jazz be, on any shameful. of the teams. That would be shameful. <laughs> um, I, I said to you I wanted to hear Chris Paul in there, Greg. But I also said at the top of the pod that Booker's been their best player, so I, I can't I can't eat my cake and have it. Mm. So for me, I'll, I'll have Booker. I'll go with you, Nee, and I'll put Booker in one of the guard spots. Um, and then the conversation is around um, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, and I guess if you want to still have him there, Chris Paul. Um, so I'm happy for you guys to yeah br- break that tie. What's the argument? So who, who who are the arguments? We got Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, we got Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, and Chris Paul to partner Devin Booker in the backcourt for the. But 13. then, what about guys like? I'm making the job harder. I know. What about yeah, guys I was like, about like, to like, say, yeah, did... <laughs> like Bill, like Young? Ooh. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, we're, we're talking about I Westbrook think... averaging a triple double this season. I was. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, um, he's really coming to that. Uh, Bill averaged 30 last season and missed all NBA team. Is this back to back years where he averages 30 and, and doesn't make all I NBA? I lean towards giving it to Mitchell because of his team's record. I, I think we the Jazz have to have at least one representative in the all NBA teams. Yeah. Um, that's who I'd lean towards. So I've got Booker and Mitchell. And Mitchell's health has been good this season. He hasn't missed nearly the number of games as a guy like Kyrie has. Yeah, let, let, let's give it to Mitchell based on team record and availability. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Okay, yeah, cool. No arguments um, from me there. Who do we have as our starting forwards? Nee? Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead, Nee. Um, I put PG, Butler, 
Um, and unfortunately, I put Gobert center. I, I don't really want him there, but um, he's there in it. He's he's very unpopular, but I think he's a good player. He's a really he gets, good a, he gets a lot of hate. He does, he does, man. Um, who did you have? Some of it, is, some of it is brought on by himself. You know, acting the <laughs> clown, crying because he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Then he won it twice. Then he got the season suspended. And yeah, he started <laughs> to the NBA, didn't he? Absolutely yeah. Um, who, who do you have as your starting front court players, Greg? Um, so for me, for the three forwards for the third team, I have Sabonis, Zion, and Simmons. Oh, so completely different three from me. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, this is going to be difficult. All right, let's start with Zion. Let's let's talk about Zion. Um, He's averaging twenty five a game on like ninety nine percent shooting. <laughs> I think. I think. Zion has been amazing, um, and I think he's in like like Greg was saying to me. You have to add this season and last season's games combined to get him to um, eighty-two. I don't think he's necessarily all the way there to eighty-two off the top of my head, but for what I've seen from him and for the level and the length of time he was able to play at that level, I'd like to see him make an All NBA team. Um, I don't know what 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 are your thoughts, Ernie? Um, um, Zion was actually like on my list of exclusions to. I kind of would have been because, like, on the Pelicans, of what they're, I think, what like five, six games under 500. So they are, if I should be with someone that has a losing record, but then I also acknowledge that Zion's been one of the best forwards uh, um, this year. And I wanted him in the team, but I wasn't too sure if you can include some of a losing record, to be honest. And I kind of wanted to reward people. Um, like, okay. Jimmy Butler, who had kind of carried. And Miami team. I think Jimmy has to make it personally. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good shout. I did forget about about Butler. I think Jimmy has to make it. So we'll get Jimmy in one of the forward positions. Who else did we have? I had Sabonis, and then I cheated and put Simmons as a forward. Simmons. Um, and who did you have? Knee. I put PG because I didn't. I didn't put him in. So we don't have. So we've already got PG, and and you go. I'm tempted to put Gobert in as well. I think, yeah, I'm tempted to put Gobert in as well. I'm not necessarily... To put, to put Gobert ahead of... So, sorry, who, who is the one that we said that we definitely have as a forward? Uh, Jimmy. So, Butler. we definitely have Butler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're going to put Gobert ahead of Sabonis, Zion and Simmons? So, look, I don't... Particularly Simmons, want Simmons will probably win... <laughs> I said, look here! Simmons, um, Simmons will probably win Defensive Player of the Year. So, I yeah. think by default, he has to make an All-NBA team. And then and I can't take Gober. And I can't take Gober over someone like Sabonis, who Sabonis is basically the best player on the on the paces and is basically trying to will his team into a play in tournament spot. I can't take Sabonis over Zion. Mm. I can't because I can't take Sabonis over Zion. So long, so long as Gober doesn't make it, I'm happy. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my primary concern. Whoever whoever you put in that, that third spot, I don't mind. It depends, isn't it? If you're going to go with the um, traditional team and have a centre there, then there's not too many arguments outside the go there because That's of my the thinking, team. Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, it's not. It's, it's three forwards. forwards. It's forwards. It's forwards. Okay, fine. It's three guys. Three guys that are eligible for forwards. Then I might happily take him out. To be honest, I'm putting Zion. So what are so saying? Butler, Simmons, and Zion. Yes, yes, Greg, you've twisted our arm. So uh, <laughs> it's Simmons, Butler, and Zion in the front court with uh, Booker and Mitchell 
in the guard position. So uh, despite all my gesticulations at the start, Chris Paul does not make an all NBA team. That's fine. Um, listen, it's been a, it's been a terrific season for Chris Paul. Uh, they've done really well at the Phoenix Suns, but I think Devin Booker has been ignored for too long, and he won't be ignored on this yes. podcast. He will not be ignored on this podcast. So yeah, I'm happy with those. Um, we'll post the graphics and the visuals on on the Twitter account during the week and, and get you guys' feedback and conversation. Know, can, we, can we get a top five near misses? Yeah, we could do whatever you want, Chief. Yeah. So I, I mean, so that that okay. So just to, just a, a quick list of guys that we've left off the list for whatever reason. We've got Westbrook not making a team. Beal, Young, uh, Chris Paul, as you mentioned, Kyrie, LeBron, LeBron KD, KD, Arden, LeBron, Kyrie, LeBron. LeBron <laughs> who was an MVP. It's games. It's games missed. Oh, I don't know if I. Oh. So, so technic- technically, Ben Simmons can't make an All NBA team, and LeBron doesn't. Technic- technically, the the Brooklyn Nets have no All NBA players. Is what we're saying. <laughs> the players haven't played. KD can't make it. KD can't make it because he didn't play enough games. Yeah, Harden, he can't. He, he can't make it for Yeah. Ah, <sighs> oh, man. LeBron, he's played what? 43 games, and Kawhi's played 49. So there's not even like a big. I'm not Big comfortable with there. Ben Simmons making an OMBA team and LeBron. Neither, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying he's season. he's gonna he win defensive. That's great, bro. That's no, no. Great. Uh, all I'm what, saying what is got to a one defensive player of the year was second team or defense. So no, but he missed. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> he's he's gonna win defensive player of the year, and that is basically <laughs> cementing his 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 position on an All NBA team. Ah, I can have Simmons in any NBA because you can't, you can't, you can't. If imagine how bad it is that you win Defensive Player of the Year and your second team all defense, but then imagine you win Defensive Player of the Year and you don't make any All NBA team. But he'll make first team all defense. Mm. Yeah, exactly. This is all NBA. I'm just saying. Look at the message you're sending the kids, Mariah. Look at the message you're sending the kids. You can be the best. You can be the best defender in the league and not one of the top fifteen players. Can you sleep at night knowing he made an All NBA team and LeBron didn't? No way. I I can. I can't. Well, this by this time next week, the Lakers might not be even playoffs. That won't be any fault of LeBron's. Um, that would be, or, 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 or is there a conversation? And I, and personally, if you ask me, who would I rather make the all? Okay, so let's shift away from necessarily kicking out, um, Ben Zion. Okay, Zion or Ben to make it. Let's say we put LeBron in, and the conversation is Zion or Ben to make that final forward spot. Um, what's the argument for Zion over Ben? More three pointers this season. <laughs> 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 His team are his team are eleventh in the West. Yeah. Um, I think Zion can miss out for one more year. You know what, Zion, you got you got time ahead of you, son. You can miss out you for got one time more ahead year. Of you. Uh, you, you have your own Jordan brand sneakers. You're right. That fact for making us do that near misses because that helped me recalibrate. Uh, helped me and Nini recalibrate. So thirteen forwards, uh, even thirteen for LeBron seems. A I bit... don't want Simmons there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I really don't. I already said, oh, look at the message you're sending the kids. stand 10 feet off him when, he, when he's got the ball on the perimeter. Oh, I don't know, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, Ben Simmons. He's a funny one. He I mean, is a funny one. I've missed that. Like, um, Vitrovic, I think, had a really good year. Yes. Um, Zach, Zach Levine. Levine. Zach Levine as well. Yeah. Clint Capella. Jalen Brown. 
Jalen Brown. Have a really good year, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's tough. There's a lot of guys. Out. He sticks out like a sore thumb to me, man. But no, I'll let, let Greg have this one. Mr. Defense wins, yeah? So this is Greg's honorary pick. Ben Simmons gets into the third All-NBA third team. He's the only no. guy on all these teams that can't get a bucket, really. <laughs> <laughs> he can stop I hate, by the way, for, the record, bucket, for the record, I hate the fact that I'm having to defend Ben Simmons. I'm just letting yeah, you know. <laughs> we need somebody to, 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 to think of the children, isn't it? So um, <laughs> we'll ben, ben Simmons somehow. Um, yeah, Ben Simmons somehow. Um, LeBron James and Jimmy Butler with Donovan Mitchell. Oh, there's not a single net in an all NBA team. I mean, incredible, right? I put Kyrie there, my second team in it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you cover your ass. Don't you worry. Um, <sighs> this is this is the caveat built in now. If they don't win it all, well, they had zero NBA players. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think. I think that Donovan Mitchell is a, a wise pick. Would I rather have him over James Harden? Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, let's 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 lock it in there. We'll, we'll put it on the Twitter account and we'll wait for the masses to descend on us, especially all those newfound Brooklyn Nets fans. Um, <laughs> so I want to thank you both for your time this afternoon. Was was a pleasure. That All NBA isn't it's not easy, man. It's nah, it's not, not easy. Man. And honestly, even as you think of the players who've missed out a spot, names are still pop. Like, what really? Um, I, can't, I can't wait to see the reaction from the players when so someone inevitably gets left left off the list, and it affects <laughs> their and it affects their contracts as well, exactly. and the amount of yeah, money exactly, they can make. Yeah. So even more so, why I think potentially that players should have a say in the voting of who makes the All NBA team, um, because we know how much of a big disconnect the media has with with the players at times. So um, yeah. I want to thank you both for your time this afternoon. It was a real pleasure. Um, we're winding down now with the regular season. Next week's will be the last regular season pod. And then we're into the playoffs. We're into what they call proper basketball, men's mm. basketball. Um, <laughs> you don't need to worry too much about that, knee. You won't be in it for very long. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see look it, forward man. to seeing you guys then. All right. All right thank you. Nice one, boys. Peace. Podcast Network.